this morning we have the opportunity to in, uh, have a family that's been ministering as uh, sent out ones in another country. So that's pretty exciting. And uh, so Danny and Alicia DeLong, uh, many people know them uh, from their work through the years. Uh, they've been, Danny's coming now, he's going to speak. But they, they've worked with our youth ministries for many years. Uh, for a, wh- a while, they were actually stationed in England and going out from England and taking, uh, you know, uh, British kids, many of them not believers, uh, to the to the other countries in the world and seeing a great work happening there. And for a while then, he was pastoring one of our churches in Calgary and four years ago uh, went out to Turkey. So they, t- they just said, see ya to Canada and went to Turkey. And we were a part of... Uh, sending them we are we can we do support them here as a church and i know that it's not just we officially from our church budget i know that many of you also support them as individuals so this is pretty exciting to hear from uh our ministry partners as they come back and we're excited to hear some stories from turkey sometimes uh you just sort of hear these names of these countries and you just don't know what is going on there is god doing anything there and uh, it sometimes seems to you like because you don't hear anything, you, there's nothing at work. But God's spirit is at work in the globe. And I think you're going to be convinced of that as, as you hear from Danny this morning. So, Danny, we're excited you're back. And Alicia and the kids, and we're, we're pumped about the way that you've already invested in our church family. We had them in on Tuesday, and they just uh, poured into some of our people who are really engaging newcomers to Canada. Um, so we're just really excited that you've already poured into our church, and we're looking forward to what you've got to share this morning. So give him a great big welcome as he begins. Thank you, sir. You want the Bible? I can't keep it. All right. Good morning. How y'all doing? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Uh, it is such a privilege to be back here with you all this morning. Uh, a couple years ago, we were here two, two years ago. Uh, we'd just spent our first two years in Turkey, and then we were coming back and trying to still suss out exactly what we were wanting to do in Turkey. And now we've had two years of really trying to do stuff in Turkey. And I want to tell you that God is moving in incredible ways. And I say incredible ways, and I don't think you understand how incredible it is. God is really, really, really moving in incredible ways. And, and it, it, it's because of you. You see, when we pray, God moves. Is this true? I mean, we say it's true, but is it really true? So let me tell you, I, was, I made a list of cities in Turkey that don't have a church, that don't, as far as I know, have any Christians in it. And I decided I was going to pray through this list of cities. And I thought this would be fun. And so I made the list. And sadly, the list is really, really big. And so then I thought, well, I'm going to take the larger cities and I'll just pray for those ones. And then I'll pick a couple other cities on the list that I, I wanted to pray for. And so one of the cities I picked was a city called Zongledok. The reason I picked it was because I wanted to say it a lot. It's fun to say, right? Zongledok. It sounds very Klingon-like. Uh, you know, I pictured Klingons living there. Zongledok. And they, they run the city. And I, I, thought, oh, I didn't know where it was, but I thought I'm going to pray for this city. And so I just started praying for Zongledok every day. And God, just moving Zongledok, have your way, draw people to yourself, all these kind of prayers. I started praying for it. 
And then one day, last summer actually, I was uh, a friend from Lethbridge came to visit me, and we were just driving around Turkey, and we were on our way to a place, and I saw a sign that said Zongledok that way. And I looked at him, I said, hey, do you want to go to Zongledok? And he's like, uh, he knows nothing, he's a Canadian, you know, he'd never been to Turkey before. And I said, let's just go. And he's like, okay. And so we turn, and we head to Zongledok. And I get to the city, and it is gorgeous. I thought it would be Klingon-like, you know what I mean? Sort of look like Mars, with, and the people actually look like real people. I was shocked. We're walking around Zongledak. It's right at the edge, like the, the Black Sea is right here, and there's really high cliffs and dense forest and just this beautiful city in the middle of all this. And we're walking around, and we're just praying. I'm praying, God, move in Zongledak. And I start thinking, man, people should move here. Christians should move here to tell people about Jesus because this place is beautiful, and you could easily live here and just enjoy it. So when I got back to Istanbul, I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell all my friends, move to Zongledak. You should really move there. It's really good. So I started doing that. Started saying, move to Zongledak to all my friends. I was just there. It was amazing. You should move there. And then one day I ran into this guy. I said, you know what you should do? You should move to Zongledak. He said, have you heard what God is doing in Zongledak? I said, no. What are you talking about? He said, well, a couple months ago, these six university students started researching about Jesus online. And they found out a way to get a Bible. And they ordered this Bible. And these six guys, that just normal Turkish people, never heard, didn't really know anything, certainly about the Christian Jesus. And they start reading the Bible. And they get so impacted by the Bible that they decide more people in Zongledak should read this book. And so what they do is they go right downtown Zongledak and they rented a building. And they put on a just place to read the Bible. And they open it every day. And people come in there and they read the Bible together. And they just say to each other, now how do we obey this book? I looked at him, I said, I did that. He said, I thought you'd never heard of it before. I said, I hadn't, but I did it. He said, what are you talking about? I said, I pray for that city every day. I said, I did that. You're laughing, but I did that. I, I mean, God did it, but I prayed it. See, God moves through prayer. And I am telling you that God is moving mightily in Turkey because of your prayers. Because of your prayers. And this country will be saved because of your prayers. So if you're asking yourself this, how can I partner with you in prayer more? That's a great question. Why don't you grab one of these at the back? This has got a couple ways. There's a little table at the back. It's got a Turkish flag. Grab one of these. There's a few ways on here you could partner with us. There's a, a thing we do. I don't know if you have WhatsApp on your phone. If not, you can download it. It's free. And we just have a, a WhatsApp prayer thread. And every, I don't know, couple days, someone on our team will just post a little prayer request. And what we ask for is that people would just read that and pray. You don't need to send praying hands back to us. In fact, we're asking you not to send praying hands back to us. We know that if you're on there, you're going to pray. We don't need the response. We need prayer. And just look at that, read it, and take a minute. Take two minutes. Take five minutes and just pray for what that prayer request is. That's a, a great way to keep track of what's going on. You'll, you'll get a ton of cool stories on there, too, and just pray for things. Uh, there was an update this morning. I, I know many of you are actually on that list and, and some really cool ones. There's two people on there that we were asked to pray for this morning that are, are talking about being baptized this week. It's a big deal. And the prayer was, Lord, we just pray for their protection because at this time uh, over there, when you're making that kind of step, there's a spiritual attack that's happening. Can we take a moment and pray for those guys? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in Turkey. We pray for these two people that are talking about being baptized. 
We thank you for this step, this commitment, this idea that they want to just follow you, even though the cost is great. Lord, they have weighed the cost and they said, yes, the cost is great, but following you is so much greater that I'll do it. I thank you so much for that. And Lord, we pray right now that you would protect these ones. Lord, we pray that your spirit would protect them. Not from persecution, not from all those kind of things, Lord, but their spirits would be protected. That, that this belief in them would be protected, Father. Lord, move by your hand. Thank you, Father. Amen. The second way you can pray is on the back of that sheet. There's a thing called the 10-year fast, which seems like a long time to fast, and it is. But the good news is we started this a year and a half ago, so it's only eight and a half year fast now. It's a deal for you guys. Uh, you go on here, and the goal of this is to see 10% of the Muslim world find Jesus Christ in the next 10 years. That's only 170 million people. That's all we're praying for. Eight and a half years left. Uh, you can sign up, you can fast one day a week, one day a month, or five days a year. If you go on there, it's super easy. Grab one of these. I want to tell you that a year and a half ago we started this, January uh, 2018, we started doing this. And honestly, that month, God started moving through what we were doing. I'll tell you this, what we were doing didn't change. We didn't come up with a new strategy, a new plan, a better thing, and we didn't have a new great idea to reach people. Just people started fasting and praying, and God started moving. The cool thing is I started to talk to people who run way bigger things than we do that have, like, stuff going on all over the country. There's this one guy, Dave Wilson. I started talking to him, and he was telling me, uh, this was a couple months ago, he was telling me that for years and years he heard this about Turkey, that people would come to him with prophetic words. God is going to move, and he's going to do this and that. And he would hear these things. He said, oh, okay, good, good. He said, the last year and a half I haven't heard any of that. He said, all I hear now is God is moving. God is doing this. This is what's happening. Because there is a change and it's birthed in prayer. And we want you to be a part of that. So please, grab one of these. Uh, pray with us and we will see God move there. The second thing I'm asking of you this morning, we have three asks and then we'll get to the commercials be done. The next two are shorter. Uh, the second thing, we're, we're still looking for a bit of financial support. Uh, if you want to be a part of that, a number of you already are. And we thank you so much. It is just such a privilege uh, to take your money. Really, really, though, thank you so much. Uh, if you want to talk to us about that, please do. The third thing is this. The fields are white, and the harvesters are very few. We, we help out with a program that sends out Bibles, and uh, we get to do follow-ups with them. So they'll send me names of people who got Bibles, people who are hungry for Christ, and we just took over a region in Turkey, and on the list, people who've asked to meet with a believer, but there's no believers there, the list is a 1,000 people. Every single day, I can go on to the list right now, every single day it grows by three or four people. So by the time we get back to Turkey in August, that list is going to be around 1,300. Assuming I meet with, say, five people a day, this will only take that list down one person a day. I mean, we're never catching up with this list because God is moving so much. The fields are white. If you're saying this morning, how can I be a part of that? You could move there. You could learn some Turkish. You could start sharing his word. It's really, really easy. It's really, all you have to do is say, God, use me. And God will say, I'll, I'll use you. Because he loves to use us. If you want to talk to us about that, we need more people. 
this is our biggest need. Well, prayers are, I don't know. It's pretty close. Those two needs are really, really close. We need people to pray and we need people to come. Think about that. Okay. Oh, I had a great slide that was going to show you a wonderful video of Istanbul while I said all that. Do you want to put that up? We could. Oh, the video is so good too. You're going to miss it now. But we got to move on. Ah, look how good In it is. 1632, Hazafin flew from the very top of the ah, we don't get time. We're moving on. If you want to watch that video later, you can come to the back. I'll show it to you. It's really good. Or you can uh, YouTube a Turkish Airlines uh, uh, commercial, and it'll be on there. Can I pray with this this morning? Paul prays this uh, to the, 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 in the book of Ephesians. He says this. He says, may you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Can I pray this over you this morning? Let's pray one more time. Father, I pray that this morning we may experience the love of Jesus Christ. We don't want to just hear words this morning. We don't want to just have some interesting thoughts. Lord, let that not be. We want to experience you. We want to experience the love of Jesus Christ this morning. It's too great for us to fully understand. Absolutely it is. But God, just let us dip our toes in that a little bit this morning. Lord, then we know we'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. All it takes is a little experience of the love of Jesus. We pray you'd come this morning. Amen. Amen. You ready? Here we go. I'll go to the next slide. You ever look at what God's doing and think, why? Why? I like that cat. Why? God, why? Why would you do it this way? I think this often. If you're not thinking this enough, maybe you should, uh, I don't know what you should do. Maybe you're closer to God than me. Uh, but I think this often. God, why would you do this? Why, this way seems like the dumbest way you could have picked to do this certain thing. Uh, I was in a city uh, a number of months ago, and we decided to, there's a church there, and we decided to invite them to go out to the streets and do evangelism with us. And so I showed up at the church on a Saturday, and 15 people showed up to go do some evangelism with us. That's pretty good. I think if I did that with your church this morning, how many of you think would show up on a Saturday to come to the streets of Musha and do evangelism? Mm zero. Uh, anyway, uh, maybe more. I don't know. That was rude. Anyway, 15 showed up. I was really excited. I was like, wow, 15 people are coming to, to do evangelism. We go in the streets and we start telling people about Jesus. Some really cool stuff happens. And then at the end of that, we gather back together at this little church, and we're in a, a circle just right by the door, and we're telling stories. Here's what, here's what God did. It was really cool, and we, we're telling some stories, and then we're going to pray. And as we're in this little circle, the door opens, and in walks three people, three Turkish people, and they, they walk into the church. And I'm like, oh, 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 what's going on? And there's a guy named Ozkal. He was beside me. And so I give him a little elbow. I'm like, Ozkal, go talk to those people. That Something's going on. And so he goes over there. And we're all, we all started to pray. I am not listening to the prayers. I'm like, what is going on over here? And these people have come in and someone had told them about Jesus. Actually, someone had handed them a, a New Testament on the street. And they came in and they were like, we, we want to know if we can read this. We want to read it. 
And their assumption was that it would be in Arabic. And so Oskal's like, yeah, we could read it right now. And they're like, well, we don't know Arabic. And he opens it, and they're like, oh, the word of God is in Turkish. And they said, yeah, do you want to read it now? And so they sit down to read the word of God for the first time. And I'm just like, this is awesome. So I say to everyone, okay, okay, let's end the prayer stuff. This was really good. Why don't you be in prayer as you go for these people that are sitting over here? And, and people start to kind of slowly leave. And a lady comes up to me. And she says, hey, Danny, can you pray for me? I said, sure. What do, you, what do you need prayer for? She said, I just want to experience God. And I thought, wow, that's a great prayer. So I said, yeah, let's do this. And so I just, you know, we're just in the foyer of this little thing. There's three people sitting over there with always calls, some people milling about. And I'm like, dear Jesus, I just pray. And all of a sudden, God shows up. And this woman is on the, bang, she's on the floor. And she's experiencing God. And I am thoroughly embarrassed. Because people are here for the first time, you know, and I'm like, no, get up. Get up. No, you can't experience God this way. Like, this is God. And then another woman comes up to me, and she's like, oh, I want that. Can you pray for me? I'm like, no. We're done. This is over. We're closing. These people are trying to meet with them. We're not doing this. And she's like, please, please just pray for me. I'm like, no, I, I can't. Are you serious? She's like, yeah, please. I'm like, oh, Jesus, why are you doing this? Okay. So I'm like, dear Jesus, and I literally, dear Jesus, is all I say. And this woman starts manifesting a demon. She starts shrieking, and she's on the floor, and she's wailing. And I'm like, God, why? The worst time ever for you to do this. People are trying to find you. I often think this. God, why? What are you doing? Sometimes I read the Bible. And I look at kind of concepts in the Bible, and I think this about what the Bible says. I think, God, that seems like the dumbest way to have done that. I know, I know he's not dumb. I know his plan's much bigger than mine. I know he thinks better than me. But, you know, sometimes I think that. I don't know if you ever think that. One of the biggest things I think that about is holiness. Holiness, in my mind, seems dumb. It seems like, God, why? And I think because the picture I've drawn in my mind of what holiness is, is this one of, really holiness is this. When I come into church with a baseball cap on, some angry old man comes and yells at me and says, this is a holy house of God, take off that baseball cap. And I think, whoa, that's holiness. And holiness seems a bit boring to me. It seems very judgmental. Anyone else feel like holiness is judgmental? I feel like holiness is really judgmental. I, I feel like it's, it's constricting. I, I feel like it's boring. And none of those words would I pin on God. And yet God says, be holy because I am holy. And I think, really, God, I, I don't know if I get this. So we're going to look at that this morning. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 2. I know you thought this morning when you came to church, boy, I hope he goes to Leviticus this morning. You're welcome. So Leviticus chapter 19, verse 2 says this. It's the first time in the Bible it gives us this command. It says, speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. The rest of the chapter then proceeds to give us all these rules of how to be holy. All the Ten Commandments are in there. There's a bunch of do not do's. And really the idea that holiness and do not do becomes tied together from this chapter. And this is where we get this idea that holiness is really about these, these rules. Just a, a couple of them you want to hit next. Uh, this is verse 27. 
one of my favorite do not do's. Do not cut the sides of your head or clip the edges of your beard. You heathens. Huh? Who's following that one this morning? Yeah, that's right. 28's an interesting one. This is one of those ones where I get the picture of the angry judgmental one. Do not cut the bodies, do not cut your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. We get this, you know, don't put tattoos, don't have tattoos, tattoos aren't holy, they're from the devil. And I look at the person saying that and I often think, well, you cut your hair. You know what I mean? You, you, you know what I mean? I like this verse, verse 32. This is a good one. It says, stand up in the presence of the aged. Show respect for the elderly and revere your God. That's, I start thinking, what does that have to do with sort of this judgmental sin? This seems like a really good thing. Like, you know, maybe just like that we should show respect for people. This is my favorite one on the list, verse 33, the next one. Or oh, it's going to be hard to read. The drums are in the way. It basically says treat foreigners well. I put this on there because I'm a foreigner in Istanbul. And uh, uh, treat me well, please. <laughs> this is really good for us here in Musja. There's lots of foreigners in this city. Holiness means treating them well. I look, start to look at these things and I think maybe the picture that I've drawn of what holiness is in my head is wrong. If we define the word, I'm sure if I asked and did a poll here, 70% of us would be able to say that holiness means to be set apart. And that's what we'd all say. It means to be set apart. But because I've said that so much, it's lost meaning to me. I don't understand with that. I don't play those words out in my head and I start thinking that it just means not wearing a baseball cap in church or not having tattoos or, or, or whatever. And I think this is what holiness is. But it means to be set apart, which literally means to be different. And when I think about this, if I think about what holiness is, and I try to get a picture of what, say, the opposite of holiness is. So I look at holiness, and I would say, well, the opposite of holiness is sinfulness. But that's not true. See, the opposite of sinfulness is righteousness. If holiness means to be set apart, then the opposite of holiness means normal. Right? To be different is what holiness means. To be set apart. So the opposite of that is normal. So God doesn't really maybe care about your baseball cap in church. In fact, since none of you are wearing one, maybe if you wore one this morning, you'd be more holy than the rest of us. If you don't like that, you can pretend I never said it. Being different is hard. Standing out is hard. I live in Turkey. I am immediately different from everyone around me. And sometimes this is hard. Sometimes I just want to be normal. Anyone else ever had that thought? Please. I know a number of you, and I know you've, you've probably had those thoughts. You're not normal either. I just, why can't, why can't I just fit in? Holiness means you don't. Holiness means you're different. And that kind of has this negative tension and connotation with it, doesn't it? But I want to tell you that the other side of holiness is what you're really called to. There's this positive, amazing side of holiness that God is calling us to. Let's look at this first. Psalm 93, verse 5. I love it. It says, your laws, it's, I, I, you guys, you shouldn't have got these drums. I'll read it from back here. It says, your laws are so faithful, and I've underlined it, but you'd never know it. 
says here, holiness decorates your house. Most versions use the word adorn. Holiness adorns your house. But again, that's a word I don't really know what it means. Uh, So the word decorate stands out to me. Holiness decorates your house. When I think of decorations, I don't really think of judgmental. Anyone ever felt judged by someone's decorations? Oh, your decorations are judging me. I've never felt judged by decorations. Anyone ever gone into a house and people have just redone? You've just, you know, decorated, you've painted the walls, you've you've redone your kitchen, and and someone comes in and they're like, oh, I'm feeling condemned by your beautiful kitchen. No. People walk in and they're like, wow, I love what you've done with this place. Looks really, that's holiness. See, this is what God wants for our lives. That people would come into our lives, they would experience Christ throughout the aroma of Jesus would be all over you, and people would just come to you and be like, wow, I love what you've done with the place. This could be you on Monday. You could be at work, at school, wherever you go, and you could just be doing your thing. And because Jesus' presence is in you, people would just come up to you and be like, there's something different. Did you redecorate? You'd be like, wow, I didn't do anything. But the holiness of God is decorating my life. I mean, if you had that exact conversation, it would sound weird. But but holiness decorates. That's beautiful, isn't it? Holiness brings life. It brings color. Holiness should bring something to the place that everyone would go, oh, I like this. It's decorating. It's beautiful. Anyone know who the first person in the Bible is that's recorded as being filled with the Holy Spirit? It's Bezalel. Oh, we all knew that, right? Oh, Bezalel. Oh, yeah. Bezalel. Oh, my favorite, Bezalel. Yeah, we don't know who he is. And you would think, as you're thinking this, well, surely Adam. No, I'm not saying he didn't have the Holy Spirit, but it just doesn't say he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, Noah... Uh, you know, he built the boat. Well, I guess he just built it. He didn't, wasn't necessarily filled. I mean, the Spirit of God was with him. We all know that. But he wasn't, it just doesn't say he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then you got Moses. Moses is there. He's, he was he not said that he was filled with the Spirit. But this guy, look at this verse. This is the first time that, that wording is used. Exodus 31, verse 2 to 5. See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills. His job, do you know what his job was? He was a decorator. He was there to make the temple, to, to like put things together with brass and with gold and to weave them. He used to make the little pomegranate thingies on the tops of the columns. He was, he was weaving the, the curtains together. This was his job. He was a decorator. He was the guy that went after he would come into your house and make a look at people and go, wow, I love what you've done with this place. This is actually, we got Bezalel in to do it. He's really good. This is the first person in the Bible that's recorded as being filled with this Holy Spirit. I think this is on purpose. I think God is telling us that the Holy Spirit should be something that decorates. It should be something that everyone would look at and go, oh, I like that. Have you added some color? You get some sun? No, it's more than that. You got the sun. Oh. (laughs) I'll admit I'm not much of a decorator. I'm not sure if I see color like other people see color. Uh, My wife would tell you I don't. You chose that today, Danny? Hmm. I feel condemnation sometimes for that. And uh, 
Yeah, I've tried at times to decorate. Uh, I think the time I tried the most, I, I, I decided I was, I think I was 13. Maybe I was 14. I was 13 or 14. doesn't matter. It was a long time ago. And uh, it was my friend's Rachel's birthday. And I wanted to do something nice for her because I was such a nice young, ba- young man. And uh, so I said to my friend Jory, she's the youth pastor in Regina at the moment. I said, Jory, let's make Rachel a cake. And, Rachel, and Jory said, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I said, yeah, but let's make a cake that when she cuts it, it explodes all over her. Because we wanted to show her how much we loved her, right? And Jory is as vindictive of me, and she's like, yeah, good idea. Let's, let's make a cake. So this was before you could go on YouTube and, like, just type in something like exploding cake and figure out how to do that, and there's no Pinterest. So you just had to come up with these ideas on your own. And, again, we were 13 or 14. So the best idea we came up with was this. Let's get a balloon, and let's bake it inside a cake. Now, I know that doesn't sound like it's going to work, but in my head, this was amazing. And we thought the bigger the balloon, the bigger the, the pop. You know what I mean? And we wanted pop. Uh, we didn't want like, <sighs> nah. We wanted cake explosion all over Rachel. We wanted her to be humiliated for her birthday. We thought that would be great. So we blew up this balloon. It, that's exaggerated. It was like this big. And we got it. And then we just decided what we were going to do. We were going to ice it. And I don't know if you've tried to ice a balloon lately, but they're slippery. Uh, icing doesn't really stick to balloons. Just you don't need to try this. You can if you want, but you can trust me, it doesn't work. And so we're trying to get icing on the balloon, and I'm getting frustrated, and I'm sticking it. And I go to try to slap some on, and bounces off the balloon, and it hits Jory. And she looks at me, and she's like, stop it. And I'm like, I'm sorry. But I said it pretty much like that, in the tone that meant I'm not sorry. And I said, I'm sorry. And she grabbed icing, and she threw it back at me, and it was on. And we are ducking behind my mom's counter. And I am, like, running around the kitchen. I'm throwing icing at her. She's throwing At one point, I grab her face, and I am smushing it in the eye. I'm like, take that. My mom comes in. What are you doing? I'm like, oh, we're trying to make a cake. We're being good friends for Rachel. Ten years later, my mom got a new fridge, and there was still icing behind where the old fridge was. I kid you not, there was icing on the top side of the ceiling fan. There was icing everywhere. I feel like that's holiness. I mean, my mom, my mom disagrees, okay? She did not think that was holiness, not at all. But that picture of just joy and smushing face in the ice, maybe not that picture, but decorating. I love what you're doing in this place. Oh, something, something different. Smells different in here. What is it? Oh, that's Jesus. Oh, there's some, oh, I love it. That's holiness. This judgmental, angry ugliness, that's not holiness. Holiness is being different. I don't know if you've walked around lately, but there's some judgmental, angry people. They're not holy. Holiness is something else. It's over here.
There's this guy named Jesus. If you don't know him, you should get to know him. John chapter 8, he has this encounter with a, with a woman. This woman's caught in adultery. Let me read you this story. It says, at dawn, he, Jesus, appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. He sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group. They're humiliating her. And said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law, get this, the law, the law of Moses commands us to stone such woman. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. Can I go to the next slide? When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and he said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Keep that up there. We're going to come back to this in a second. Jesus said that those of you who are without sin, throw the first rock. Who's that in this situation? Yes, Jesus. Jesus is the one without sin. See, if holiness and sinlessness were the same thing, Jesus is picking up rocks, I'm telling you that. Because the law commanded him to. Because this is what it said. This is what had to be done to a woman, and he hasn't sinned. And he said it himself, that those of you without sin throw the first rock, and that's Jesus. And he's standing there like, okay, I'm picking up rocks. And then he does this. Verse 10, Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus said. Go now and leave your life of sin. This is the best picture of holiness in the Bible to me. Jesus transcending sinlessness and becomes holy. Where he's like, I could throw rocks at you, but you know what? I want to paint a little. I want to decorate in your life. See, holiness isn't about me throwing rocks at you. It's about, it's about making you beautiful. And he raises her up and he says, I don't even condemn you. Now go and be different. Go sin no more. Go step into this holiness as I've started to paint it on your life now. Go. So maybe this morning you're saying, ah, holiness actually sounds better than I thought it did. How can I be holy? I hope you're saying that this morning. I could give you a really good list. Be just like Leviticus 19. You know what? Here's the best ways to be holy. You got to come to church every Sunday. Amen, Steve. You got to be involved in children's ministry, absolutely. Daisy, you still here? Yeah, amen to that. Uh, you got you got to be. Oh, you're not doing children's anymore? Oh, never mind. Someone else. Someone else. I heard an amen from over there. Uh, 
Yeah, you got You definitely can't wear your cap in church. That's a good one. Uh, you have to cut the sides of your hair. I know the Bible tells you different, but you have to, trust me. Uh, I give you a real good list. And the list would just take us back to this wrong idea of holiness. What I love at the beginning of Leviticus 19, verse 2, it says, be holy. It does not say do holiness. It says be it. There is nothing I can do to, to be holy. I just have to be it. It's like a couple months ago, Alicia and I uh, we took the family to this province in Turkey where there's no churches. And we thought, let's go uh, there. We're with a little team of people and let's, let's go there and we'll just share Jesus and maybe see what happens. Maybe God will just build his church. He said he would do it. Let's trust him to do it. And so we went to this province and, and we're there. And one night in particular, we decided, okay, tonight we, we set aside to do some evangelism stuff. And so we all agreed, yeah, tonight we're going to go around the city and do evangelism. And Alicia and I had the kids with us. And so we're like, here's what we should do. Let's take them to the park, and uh, then they'll just start playing with other kids. And then my son actually knows that every woman uh, in Turkey, when she goes to the park with her kids, takes food. He's learned this, and he goes and asks them for food. This is just what he does. Uh, he actually does it here in Canada, too. He's done it a few times the last couple of weeks, and it's been embarrassing. And then he looks at them like, you don't have food? What's wrong with you? <laughs> All the other moms have food. Anyway, so he goes up and he gets food from them. And when he does that, we could just, you know, walk over. Alicia could go start talking to the lady and make friends. And then we could tell him about Jesus. It's really hard to do the work of God. Can I tell you that, right? Take, take your kids to the park. This is the work of God. Uh, so we'd agreed to do that. And uh, we're on our way. We're walking to the park. And we pass this souvenir shop. And we, again, we were in a province we'd never been in before. And Alicia collects these keychains from all the different places we go. And she's like, oh, Danny, can I go in the souvenir shop and pick up one of those keychains? And I'm like, no. We're on our way to do evangelism. <laughs> you can't. And she's like, please, please, please. I'm like, no, do it tomorrow. Like, what are you talking about? And she's like, Danny, but we're right here now. I'm like, we're on our way. Ah, fine, you know, fine. Very, yeah, that was exactly it. That's what I sounded like to her. <clears throat> so she goes into the store, and I go to do the work of the Lord. I get to the park, and the kids start playing. And they start, Alex goes over to these people and starts asking for food. And I'm like, I should go talk to them about Jesus. And instead, I'm angry that Alicia's not there. Look at my watch. It's been 10 minutes. Where's Alicia? I'm here slaving for the Lord. She's shopping. 30 minutes goes by. She's still not there. Any normal husband is probably thinking, oh, I wonder if something happened to my, I'm angry. I, I can't believe it. I'm struggling trying to preach Jesus here. She's just off. She comes back. She's like, how was your time in the park? I'm like, terrible. She's like, I was in the store, and the guy just asked me where I was from. I said I was from Canada, and then we started talking, and, and, and he wants to know Jesus. And I, I gave him a, a track, and we started just chatting about Jesus, and you need to go back there because I think he wants to become a Christian even, and can you go talk to him? You see, I was doing, she was being. You see the difference there? She was just like, this is who I am. I was like, this is what I do. They're different. God has called us to be 
holy. If we made a list this morning, it would all be about let's do holiness together. So as far as I'm concerned, there's only really one way to do it. And it is to spend copious amounts of time with the Lord. It's to say, Jesus, why don't you come decorate? I'm ready now. I'd love you to decorate in my life. Because tomorrow, I don't think I can do anything different. I don't even want to do something different. I don't want to be different. But if you want to just decorate in my life and people could notice how great and colorful and beautiful that the thing that you've done is, that's great. That's great. Doesn't that sound good? Doesn't that sound like the best way to do evangelism? There's no pressure there, is it? It's just like, let's let God do something. Because he's really, really good. He wants to decorate in your life. He wants to decorate your life with his holiness. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take five minutes this morning. I'm going to play a song. It's about five minutes long. And I want us just to sit here and ask God to decorate. We don't need to pray other than that. Just say, please, God, have your way. If you're new this morning, maybe you're, maybe you're like, what is this going on about? That's fair. Can I ask you, this is going to be five minutes long. Can I ask you to take that five minutes and say, God, even if, if you're real, why don't you come and meet me here? He's really good. He will. He's going to meet with you this morning. It's going to be amazing. If you're a believer this morning, let's just ask God to do some decorating in our lives a little. Can we do that? Do you want to go to the next slide? Father, I pray. I pray that you would decorate in our lives this morning. We don't want a substitute. We don't want something fake. Truthfully, I don't want holiness. I don't want to be different. But I do want you So please, can you come? Can you decorate? Can you have your way? Come, Lord. Stuck 
this morning. Please. Have your way this morning, Father. Please. Add color to our lives, Father. This morning, may we experience the love of Jesus Christ. Not in a knowledge way, but in an experiential way. That's what changes our lives. That's what makes us holy. All our best efforts make us grumpy. I want my life to be decorated by you, Father. Come. Come, Lord.
say just one more thing. There is nothing special about this in that you can't do it tomorrow morning. I know you won't be here necessarily, but God will be where you are. And he wants you to dive into him. He wants you to experience him all the time. So let me one more time pray this over you. May you experience the love of Jesus Christ, though it is too great for you to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Thank you for your time this morning. God bless.